I'm Stephanie. Welcome to the Are You New Here podcast. This is a podcast of pop cultural literacy. I am the host who knows way too much about pop culture, and my sister, Stephanie, knows basically nothing. True story. The goal is to educate Stephanie and you on a particular pop culture topic each episode so that she and you can better understand all of those pop culture nuggets that are referenced in the media and casually dropped into conversation. Right. I want to smell what you're cooking. Pick up what you're putting down. Know what the heck is going on. (laughs) Well, that's what we're here for. We cover pop culture across movies, TVs, and books, but with a nerdy bet. So we're going to talk a lot about sci-fi and fantasy. Yeah, because that's where I need the most help. Well, so let's get started on today's topic, which Uh, is... Wait, but first, let me tell you that today's podcast is sponsored by Asparagus from the Farmer's Market. I do like asparagus. Mm, Yeah. But asparagus is not today's topic. Today's topic is Doctor Who. Who? So... (laughs) Exactly. Who? Who? As, as some of you may know, and, and Steffi, you do in fact know a little bit about this topic. Doctor Who is a British sci-fi television series that was started in 1963. So it is, uh, it's been around for, for quite a while. Um, so Steffi, why don't you go ahead and tell us what you know about Doctor Who? Okay, so Doctor Who is something called a Time Lord. And I'm pretty sure that there have been many Doctors Who. Uh, For some reason, I think they just call him The Doctor. Uh, I don't know why there's been more than one or why the Doctor regenerates other than, I guess, so that the actors don't have to play the part for 60 years. Just a hunch. Uh, I know that the newest Who Doctor is a girl, so that's awesome, obviously. Um, So I did watch one group of episodes. I don't know if it's called a series because it's British. Sorry, terrible accent. My bad. Uh, And it was the one with your boyfriend with the bow tie, uh, whose name is Matt. Uh, and right, Matt something? Matt Smith, yes. Ah, yes, Matt. Okay. So, and then Matt had a, not a girlfriend, a companion who was a, he met her when she was a little girl and she had red hair. And at some point she has a baby and the baby is like, uh, Melody, pond or something but then it turns out it's river song spoiler i guess i don't know how old this is sorry if that's a spoiler uh and then the doctor like has a thing with her and she's an archaeologist i really don't know a whole lot about that part i know that the redheaded chick has a boyfriend who's kind of like he's like really lame i mean she should really like be with the doctor anyway oh and for some reason he has two hearts um and a phone booth, and it is Tigger on the inside. I mean, it is bigger on the inside. Do you remember that shirt? Yes, Tigger on the yes. inside. It's Tigger on the inside, exactly. All right, I think that's all I know. Okay, well, that, that's a start. So as you said, the Doctor is an alien. The, mm. the Doctor is an 
Time Lord from the, the planet of Gallifrey. And as you mentioned, he or she, depending on which season, has two hearts, uh, which is just the physiology of the Time Lords, the, the Gallifrey. The, the better to love us with. Yes. And the doctor, in his youth, stole what is called a TARDIS, which stands for Time and Relative Dimensions in Space, and ah. took the TARDIS on adventures. And the TARDIS is a spaceship slash time machine, so it can go anywhere it wants in time and space. And the TARDIS came to Earth and its chameleon circuit, which is what allows the TARDIS to disguise itself so that it can be camouflaged when it lands, got stuck in a British police box. So that's why the TARDIS mm. looks like an old-fashioned blue British police box. So what is a police box? It's like, a, like, is it like a Lego construction where you put your little police guys? No, it's a phone booth where you can call the police from. So it's basically, you know, one of those, like here in the States, we have those um, emergency things like you had on campus, right? So, you know, if you're right, being okay. attacked, you could call public safety. That's what, that's right. what a police box is. It's a, um, it's for the public to go in and, and call the police for free. Now, of course, everyone has, you know, has a what's, cell phone, right? right. For, a police box for in your you pocket. youngins, for you youngins, when you didn't have a phone on you all the time, you needed but stuff like this. You have to remember this was 1963. So the show started in 1963. Uh, in like 2000, <laughs> that was still the case. Well, so, yeah. Right. But, but they were much more common occurrences. It's sort of like, you know, it was something that you saw regularly in Britain, sort of the same way that Danger Mouse hid under a British mailbox. Danger Mouse. Do, 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 danger Mouse. We should do an episode on Danger Mouse. We could. So, oh my god, that's so fun. Okay, sorry. So when the show started, it was actually conceived by the BBC to be an educational children's program. The doctor was going to travel around in time and space and educate people. Um, cool. A lot since then, obviously. Um, but that's that was the original concept. So oh. the the first doctor was played by an actor named William Hartnell. And when William Hartnell decided he wanted to leave the show, he basically got tired of of playing time travel. I mean it's really it must be exhausting to time travel. You never know where you are or when you are. It's got to be tiring. Exactly. So when he decided he was ready to leave, they decided that they would turn this into a strength rather than a weakness. And so they decided that what was going to happen was that when the doctor died, meaning he was he suffered an injury that was bad enough to kill him, instead of dying, the doctor would regenerate into a new body. That's what Time Lords do, according to the lore sure. of Doctor Who. And so this show basically had um, reboots built into it from the very early days. So the Doctor regenerated into the actor who played the second Doctor, who is Patrick Trotton, by the way, played the second Doctor. And that's basically how how the show evolved. And so that's that's how they're able to change the lead actor and basically refresh the show um, every few years. So that so you're saying it's like it's like soap operas, but without all the messy. She's my twin stuff. Exactly. Yes. Got it. 
So, okay. so that's so the original Doctor Who ran um, to the late eighties, and then it was very was, and ran through seven Doctors, and then it was very briefly revived for a TV movie in nineteen ninety six. Um, had the eighth Doctor, Paul McGann, and then sort of sat dormant again um, until 2005. And in 2005, Russell T. Davies decided that he was going to reboot the series. But unlike a lot of TV shows that are getting rebooted nowadays, Doctor Who kind of had reboot built into its DNA. So they just went ahead and continued on. And the, the actor who played the Doctor in the 2005 reboot or um, revitalization just became the ninth doctor. Um, and that was Christopher Eccleston. So um, since the, the reboot in 2005, five actors have played the role. Um, Christopher Eccleston played it for one season. Then we had David Tennant, then Matt Smith, the 11th doctor, who is my personal favorite doctor, then Peter Capaldi and the current holder of the title of the doctor is Jodie Whittaker. Um, as Stephanie, as you mentioned, the first female to play the role, which was a bit controversial, but I think it was a good move. Um, so that's kind of the, the history of the show and how they're able to reboot it. The idea behind Doctor Who is that the doctor really loves Earth, even though he's not he or she is not from Earth. Um, and the doctor typically has one or more companions. And the companions are, are people, you know, they're humans that travel around with the doctor and have crazy adventures in time and space. And what's kind of cool about the companions is the idea is this is an otherworldly being. This is an alien. We don't really understand, you know, who the doctor is, how he thinks, but the companions are meant to be the audience surrogate, right? Um, the companions are there to kind of be you, right? If you meet the doctor and and he's running around in time and space and running from aliens and all these weird things are happening the companion would ask the following question sure hey what's happening here why are you in a police box what's with the bow tie for example exactly they don't all wear bow ties but they do each doctor has a distinctive look and a distinctive costume and that's that's one of the things that when the doctor changes the, the actor changes, the costume changes, and, and generally there's there's a personality shift as well. The doctor is always the doctor, but each actor brings their own sort of unique shift to it. Well, why does that have to be? Like, why does, I mean, I realize it's a different actor, so like, I get that. But like, what's the story about why he regenerates instead of just like kicking it? Like, what's that about? Because they wanted to replace the first actor they didn't want to end the show does the doctor remember yeah he remembers his ah. previous incarnations so but like the different personality part like i don't know that's that's weird like he doesn't just look different but he acts different right? well because he's he's like a new person like he's being reborn um but i think it's also a big part of the actor that's coming in and playing the doctor wants to bring their own spin on the role and in they're allowing them to do that Okay. All right. All right. I'm with you. So the other thing about Doctor Who is, that's pretty iconic is the Doctor has some um, some enemies as as he's traveled. Oh yeah, uh, uh, the Daleks, right? That's right. As as he's you have a T-shirt. I, you have a Daleks T-shirt. I do. I I love the Daleks. So even though they're they're evil and they exterminate people, um, as the Doctor has has gone around and traveled in time and space, he's run into. Um, some aliens and some species that have um, that he comes 
across again and again and, and comes up against again and again. Um, the Daleks are, they basically look like garbage cans with plunger hands. Um, <laughs> and their their catchphrase is exterminate, exterminate. Yes. And then they- Which is a pretty me. good catchphrase. I mean, if you're like, now are they, are they aliens or robots or like what's their shtick? They're actually aliens. So the, the, the metal bodies are actually armor. So there's like a little- Goopy guy, Uh-oh. alien guy inside there, but we hardly ever see. Hey, throw throwback to Star Wars. It's like Darth Vader, a little bit, but but more exterminaty. So more okay, more killy. Yes, in in the original series, one of the ways that you could defeat the Daleks was to just go up a set of stairs. <laughs> Is that for real? Yeah, they've gotten a little more clever over the years. Um, I think the Daleks have gotten clever or the writers? Because that seems just lazy, frankly. I think they just, they couldn't make the costumes actually climb the stairs. Yeah, but like, come on. I mean, like, yeah, it's a practical effect. It's a costume. Right. So um, a lot of the, the Doctor Who villains are costumes. Yes. Not CGI. Well, and I mean, they're just like, they're really silly, right? Like they're basically like a very pathetic, uh, enemy yeah the doctor generally defeats the daleks pretty handily um but they keep showing up they're they're persistent if nothing else do people like them like are they like a fan favorite yeah that's why they they keep showing because they're kind of stupid otherwise (laughs) and then um another classic doctor who villain are the cybermen and the cybermen are basically a species that um converts humans or or other you know humanoid type species into basically robots and they they claim that that is a quote upgrade um and during the conversion process they take their emotions so they become these sort of emotionless robots um and the cybermen are, are are kind of fun but also sort of silly and generally fairly easy to defeat um but you know if you see a whole bunch of like thousands of cybermen marching that could be a little bit you know intimidating are there cyber women well i mean some of the people who get upgraded were probably female but they're just called a cyber man well i think that's just a little bit sexist well they're robots and they're trying to be uniform ah so why do they have to have gender at all i mean gender is a construct i did not create them okay um these are also, the Cybermen are villains from the classic era when, you know, everything was man, right? Right. Yeah. Some villains that were introduced in the new series and the reboot after post-2005 that people really like are the Weeping Angels, who, um, when you look at them, they look like rather scary statues. And as soon as you look away, if you blink, they come and they they move and they get you which is actually kind of a really freaky concept i think they were <laughs> in the season that i watched or at least part of that yes. but i remember there was some kind of like like wasn't weren't they in some kind of a cemetery and they were they were pretty darn freaky i i yeah. agree yeah the weeping angels are a scary villain um so they're there's some, there's been some recurring villains. That's one of the, the fun things is kind of, you know, which, which Doctor Who monsters are, are going to show up in a particular episode. And, you know, I think fans enjoy that when, when there's an episode with classic monsters, but it's generally interspersed with episodes um, with historical figures or with 
just a new one-off monster. Um, you know, so it, it kind of depends on the episode. But these these classic monsters come back over and over again, which is kind of fun. So why do um, they have a- to have monsters? Like, what? Like, is this just a, a plot device so that something happens? Like, why... Uh, why do they have to have like enemies? Why can't they just like bop around and have adventures? Well, because it's it's good versus evil. If if you don't have any obstacles, that's sort of a boring narrative. Okay. Well, but I I guess I just don't understand. Like, does the does the doctor have a purpose? Like, why is he bopping around? He stole this TARDIS thing. But like, are the is that why people are after him? No, he's just off having adventures, but um, a good protagonist needs antagonists. Otherwise, it's it's boring. There's no conflict. Okay. All right. So there's really, other than as a plot device, there's really no point for any of these people to be mad at the doctor. Well, they most of them, um, at least the first time they encountered the doctor, they did something that the doctor didn't like, and he, he foiled their plan. And then after that... They're like, oh, I remember you. You foiled my plan last time. Now we're enemies. The Daleks and the Time Lords had a big war. Oh. Um, so that's that's why they're pretty anti Are there other other. Time Lords? Yes. So there's a whole society on Gallifrey and it's it there there's a whole lore that between the the end of the classic series and when the series was rebooted. This, the time war happened and Gallifrey was, was lost. And so the doctor is sort of dealing with this. Well, he lost basically his whole civilization. He thinks Gallifrey is, is gone and he's the last of the is time that, wars. Is that true? Um, it turns no, out, uh, not true? It turns out not quite to be true. It got sucked into, Gallifrey got sucked into like a pocket dimension and it was still there. And um, they, they're continually like re- reviving and then destroying Gallifrey again. That, that seems to be something they like to do. Um, so, but yes, initially there were other Time Lords. And in fact, the Doctor has an enemy known as the Master, who is another Time Lord. And they, they grew up together. Ah. Um, and sort of like, um, they're, they're kind of like frenemies. So the, the, the Master is, is this antagonist that he's sort of fueled by sort of an inferiority complex where he, he feels like he has to challenge the Doctor because he's always, he's kind of jealous of the Doctor. Um, so the master is constantly popping up and has been played by um, many actors over the years. And in fact, before the doctor regenerated into a female, the master regenerated into a female played by Michelle Gomez and was referred to as Missy rather than the master. And it was a bit of a reveal because, um, you know, at the time there was just a character Missy and it wasn't immediately obvious that that was the master because the master had always been played by a male. Actor ah, so trick. Uh, but the Michelle Gomez's portrayal of of the master or Missy in her case, um, people really liked that portrayal. And she had a bit of a redemption arc that she went from sort of being a bad guy to, to being a pseudo good guy, a pseudo ally. Okay. Does the doctor have any love interests? So it depends. So sometimes the companion has been a love interest. Um, in particular, the first companion of the reboot, Rose Tyler, who was played by Billy Piper, um, was very much a love interest for um, David Tennant's 10th Doctor. But often the Doctor's just 
traveling around with his platonic companions. Um, as you said, Amy Pond, who was the 11th Doctor's first companion, um, has not just a boyfriend, she has a husband. So, you know, there's, there's, there was a little bit of, you know, oh, maybe I like you, but then it was like, oh, well, but actually I have a fiance. So, and then they, they ended up getting married. So then it was mostly just, you know, being friends. I mean, you know, so you gotta have friends. Yeah, so mostly it's friendship. Occasionally it turns um, into a love interest, but it doesn't usually go very far. So they they rarely pair the doctor off. And is that, I mean, is there some reason for that? Because it seems like a love interest is kind of a standard thing in, a, in stories, right? So, yeah, I mean, I think Doctor Who's really more about adventure stories. It's more, you know, sci-fi adventures and fighting crazy monsters and running around in time and less about romance. Yeah, but I mean, aren't, aren't don't most stories have some kind of a romantic subplot? I feel like that's kind of standard. Sure. And Doctor Who has had romantic subplots over the years, but that's not really the idea. Remember, this is a show that started out as an educational children's program. Ah, so. yes. Although you'd be surprised about what sort of weird subplots are in children's educational programs. But we'll just save that for another uh, another day. Do you have any other questions about Doctor Who or anything else you want me to tell you about? So the Doctor, the doctor or... has no name, right? So the doctor has a name, but it's a secret. Oh, why? So there was a there was a plot during the eleventh doctor's time about the doctor's name being a secret. But in general, the doctor doesn't have a name other than the doctor. The audience doesn't know um, any other name for the character. And is there so, like is there a reason for that, or it just is, and we just go with it? It just is. And that sort of seems like how Time Lords roll. Um, his, you know, you have the doctor and you have the master. That just kind of seems like how they're named. Huh. So like when they're when they're born, their parents are like, you are the baker or you are the barista. Probably not the barista. Well, that's too bad. They really should have baristas. <laughs> uh, OK, so. um can anyone other than Time Lords time travel? So yes, anybody so anybody who knows how to operate a TARDIS, it's it's really just a machine after all, can can time travel. So if you can it's not it's not a magic power, it's science, not magic. Oh. So if you know how to operate a TARDIS, you can travel in time. Oh, so basically it's like if you know how to drive a car, you could drive a car. Yes, but it's a very complicated Right, car. and there's, like, a bunch of, like, buttons and levers and all sorts of crazy things, right? Yes. The Doctor is a bit manic, <laughs> often, in in different in- incarnations. Not always, but um, the Doctor is always sort of, like, this kind of mad genius-type character, running around, doing crazy things, throwing switches. And so his companions often just don't understand how to drive the TARDIS because it's just not clear what the heck the doctor is doing um in addition the doctor has a tool called the sonic screwdriver so the sonic screwdriver is basically a sci-fi swiss army knife it kind of does whatever the doctor needs it to do for you know plot so he sort of waves it in the air and looks at it for readings and you know kind of opens doors does he 
tells does him, he wave it in the air like he just radiation. don't care sometimes okay. but usually it's because he does care ah, okay because it has to he has to make something happen and it's just easier than like oh i don't know calling for help or getting a plumber or whatever exactly okay all right so he has so okay so anyone can time travel now i'm oh i i'm aware that and he can bring anyone with him right so but like what about like all the classic time travel problems right so like i understand he's he's a special case but like if he brings normal old earthly humans with him like what kind of weird stuff happens does he have to worry about, you know, changes to the timeline and all that? Or does that not apply? You know, they don't really deal with paradoxes. Okay. On Doctor Who, there are certain, there are certain moments in time that the Doctor refers to as, as fixed points in time. Things that they can't change. Oh. Um, but for the most part, the Doctor kind of does whatever he wants and screws up whatever he wants. And then it's just sort of never mentioned again. Cool. Um. It's very loosey-goosey. There, there's not a lot of consequences to the Doctor's time traveling. Sometimes there's a consequence in that, like, he'll annoy somebody and that somebody, you know, he'll annoy a bad guy and that bad guy will show up again. But usually it's just they, they go somewhere in space or time, they have an adventure, the adventure ends, they defeat the bad guys, man, it's never mentioned again. <laughs> okay. So, it, I mean, is it is it just because it's not important it's not a serious story is that why they do that like what is because i feel like sci-fi fantasy stuff is like super heavy on like world building and this causes that and there's a lot of that stuff but it sounds like doctor who is kind of like rules don't apply here so Doctor Who's not heavy on time travel consequences, but it is heavy on world building in the sense that whatever happens to the Doctor in terms of continuity will affect the the future of the series. So they will go ahead and make major changes and they'll they'll make up rules about the way that say the time travel works or the way that regeneration works or what's happening on Gallifrey, whether it exists or doesn't exist this week um, or, you know, those sorts of things or history of the doctor or, you know, the incarnations of the doctor. And those things um, are all world building things, but it's generally not consequences of the episode to episode time travel. Um, Sometimes they'll have full season arcs of things where, you know, there'll be some overarching mystery that, that is for the whole season. They don't generally loop through time travel or anything like that, where they go back to where they've already been or any of those sort of time travel tropes. Hmm. And, and does the doctor ever, like, like, does Incarnation 2 ever meet up with people the doctor knew as Incarnation 1? And, like, do they ever get confused? Or, like, do they recognize it, the doctor, or what? Yeah, so um, River Song, who was a character that was very much associated with the 11th doctor, actually met the was introduced and met the 10th doctor and so these were two characters that were basically living their um their relationship in reverse right, backwards. so i remember that right like okay right. yeah uh-huh 
so the doctor, so the doctor in the audience, because we're following the doctor on his linear adventures, meaning, you know, in his lifespan, even though he's time traveling, um, we're, we're following it forward. But River Song is actually following that relationship backwards. So the last time she meets the doctor is the first time the doctor in the audience meets her. So that there is some of that, that crossover. There are some characters that have crossed different periods, um, but it really depends on, so in the new version of Doctor Who, so the reboot since 2005, there have been three showrunners that have been really the driving force behind it. Russell T. Davies, who created the, the reboot, um, and then starting in season five, Stephen Moffat, and then starting with season 11, Chris Chibnall. So what you tend, while there's some crossover and there's certainly continuity, um, there tends to be characters that, that kind of um, stay within one creator's kind of set of series that, you know, there, there tends to be more of a dividing line hmm. when a new creator comes by and they don't use as many of those sort of crossover characters. Interesting. Interesting. So what is the what does the doctor tell the companions? Like does he is, is the doctor like, hey, I'm a time traveler and they're like, cool, I'm in. Yeah, so the doctor's pretty upfront with the companions, doesn't really generally lie or keep secrets from the companions. Typically the way that a new companion gets introduced is something crazy happens to a normal person uh -huh. and the doctor shows up. And the doctor sees something in this normal person, some spark that they didn't freak out. They kind of thought it was cool and they stepped up and they, they had an adventure with the doctor. And when that happens, the doctor recognizes that person as a potential companion. Uh, is it like some sort of like a ceremony, like a bachelor kind of a thing where the doctor is like, here is a rose. Will you be my companion? No, it's usually just a... Uh, come join me ah it's it's like a hey i got a thing want to come on a ride okay let's go yeah and like would you like to travel with me does the doctor like generally return the companions back to where he found them or do their lives kind of move forward to well both so they do typically return back to the the lives that they were living um but Often some time has passed and they're kind of dealing with that. Their loved ones are like, why are you always running away? You came back, but you weren't around last Thursday. Um, so there, there, is, there, there is usually some sort of disruption to the life of a companion. They're, they're choosing this life to go off and have adventures mm. with the doctor. But generally, their personal relationships with normal humans tend to suffer. Mm. All right. I feel like those are most of my questions. We've talked a lot about, you know, just the concepts and the things to understand. But if you think this is interesting and you want to try some episodes and, and jump into watching Doctor Who, um, what I would say is it really depends on how much time and interest you have. Mm. Um, so let's say minimal. What, <laughs> well, so one of the good things about Doctor Who is because in, in the new version, at least, we've had these, these kind of discrete errors of when new showrunners have come on. Um, that's always a good time to jump in. So series 11, or season 11, as we call it here in the States, is where um, Jodie Whittaker's 
13th doctor took over Mm -hmm. and a new showrunner came in and that very much was a clean slate for the show so um if you just want to get started and get caught up so that you can watch future episodes of doctor who um, season 11 is a great jumping on point um these seasons also tend to be short by american standards they're more like you know prestige cable they're 10 or 13 episodes not you know 26 at least the new show the the original the the classic who the seasons are very long um so i would say if you want to just see do i like doctor who can i check this out watch um you know start from the beginning of season 11 it's a place where people who'd never seen the show before can jump in and get a good introduction um if you like that or you're willing to go back a little bit further the next good jumping off point or starting point would be season five which is where the 11th doctor comes in and that's where um Stephen moffat takes over as the showrunner so again another good place where it's a clean break it's it's a new doctor with totally new companions um, and another reintroduction of, of the show. So you can start in season 11, which introduces a new Doctor and new companions, or you can start in season five, which introduces a new Doctor and new companions. Now, if you really like that, or you want to go all the way back to the beginning of the new Who, um, you can, of course, start with season one, which is the Christopher Eccleston season. Um, that being said, I would not necessarily recommend jumping in from the beginning or looking at classic Doctor Who unless you really, really love it and you've watched all of New Who and you want to go back in time. Um, but yeah, don't start with the William Hartnell Doctor and you know figure you're going to watch your way all the way up because... That'll take me most of my life. Yeah. Uh, so it, New Who, did you make that up? Is that an Erica-ism? No, that's what people call it. Oh, that's too bad. You should totally have... I mean, that... You should have claimed that. It's pretty good. It is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, okay. So in terms of like pop culture references, are there any classic Doctor Who quotes or sayings or jokes? Well, as, as we mentioned earlier, the, uh, the Tigger on the inside was a joke. So the, the TARDIS is it looks like a police box so basically looks like a phone booth on the outside but um it's huge on the inside and so the joke is whenever somebody newly comes into the TARDIS they always say it's bigger on the inside although once a character said it's smaller on the outside which was funny because that's not how people normally phrase it um so the joke it's Tigger on the inside where there was a Tigger dressed up as the doctor was was kind of funny um the other thing to sort of know about Doctor Who is so um, in terms of classic who, the fourth doctor, Tom Baker, had this like crazy scarf. So people will often, um, especially classic Doctor Who fans, um, are big into the scarf. So you might see a scarf, uh, a crazy colorful scarf um, associated with, with Doctor Who. But otherwise, it's, it's basically the imagery and the, the things you're going to hear, the doctor, uh, the TARDIS, the sonic screwdriver, you're going to hear the term companions, Daleks and Cybermen, those, those sorts of things. So I think we pretty much covered everything that, that you might hear pop culture wise in, in terms of Doctor Who. All right. Great. So I feel like I, I knew more about Doctor Who than I thought I did. Uh, but I didn't know that the TARDIS stood for something. I thought it was just like a funny British word. Uh, and I didn't know that there were 
are there 13 you said doctors there are 13 doctors although there there have been some sort of non-canonical mm-hmm. doctors meaning doctors people who played the doctor that aren't counted on among the 13 um so there is John Hurt played the War Doctor, which was the incarnation of the Doctor between the Eighth and Ninth Doctor when the Time War was going on. So we didn't find out about John Hurt's Doctor until the 50th anniversary special, but technically slotted in between eight and nine, so you know eight A. But people refer to that incarnation as the War Doctor. Um, this season, there was a, another incarnation of the Doctor that showed up. Um, which was a bit of a, a mystery and, you know, where that doctor slotted into the the broader 13 doctors. And that was actually a big part of the season long mystery. So I won't spoil mm. that because that's, that's very recent. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, I feel like I know a lot more about Doctor Who. Uh, I'm not going to say that I'm going to run off and, and watch it, but I definitely feel a little bit more uh, hooed up. Nope, that's not a good one. I feel less Doctor Who and Doctor That Guy. Nope, that one's not very good either. I feel less like Doctor Who and more like Doctor Who. How about less like Doctor What and more like Doctor Who? Ah, that's good. I should say that. Less like Doctor What and more like Doctor Who. Very good. If you liked this episode and you liked a previous episode, hopefully you'll you'll come back and check out the next episode. Um, and until then, have a nerdy day. Have a nerdy day. All right. Well, I guess should we uh, should we wrap it up? You want to go ahead and uh, and take us out? Yeah. Well, thanks everybody for listening. I hope you learned a little bit about Doctor Who. Um, one of my all-time personal favorite sci-fi shows um and if you liked this episode you can find more of our episodes at anchor.fm slash r-u-new-here and listen to us on spotify and hopefully we'll be on other um podcast services soon um if you have questions or you want to correct something that we said we won't be offended if you do um you can send us an email at newherepodcast at mail.com or you can hit us up on twitter at newhere underscore pod um we hope to hear from you and maybe we'll give you a shout out on the show so this podcast was produced edited and hosted by erica with me as always is my co-host Stephanie. And Toby is our unpaid intern. He works for treats. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you liked this episode or a previous episode, tell your friends. Um, it really helps us get the word out.